Welcome to the Post-COVID Church Podcast with your host, Stuart Kellogg. My guest is Charlotte Graham, who's been on the front lines of the racial reconciliation battle from a Christian perspective and a journalist's perspective for years. Charlotte is a lifelong Mississippian, born in Laurel, her undergraduate degree from Jackson State University and a master's in journalism in mass communication from University of Southern Mississippi. For 35 years as an award-winning newspaper journalist, she spent 14 years as religion editor of the Clarion Ledger, the statewide paper. She took a four-year detour that changed her life. She worked for the Perkins Foundation for Justice, Reconciliation, and Community Development in Jackson. She's now Special Projects Officer at Ellisville State School. Welcome, Charlotte. Great to see you again. Same here. Good to see you, Stuart. You write that the time at the Perkins Foundation was life-changing. How so? Well, for me, you know, I thought I was a Christian, you know, doing all the things that I knew were right. And I thought I was truly had forgiven people, you know, for things that had happened in my life. And uh, one day, Dr. Perkins uh, took me on a trip with him to Mendenhall. And he shared the story about um, how his brother was killed there in uh, in Mendenhall by a law official and uh, law enforcement official, rather. And, you know, he introduced me to a relative of that law enforcement official, and they appeared to be friends. And I couldn't see how, at that time, I couldn't see how he would be friends with someone who was related to the person who killed his brother. And that, you know, I had questions. I had to question myself. And, you know, about it, you know, they talked and, you know, I was in there in the conversation because at that time I was serving as public information officer for him. And uh, so, you know, he took me on different trips and everything. And so in listening to them and watching them interact with each other, I felt guilty <laughs> because I knew that I didn't have that kind of uh, forgiveness in my heart, yet and still I confessed to be a Christian. And I, you know, asked him about it. How could you do this and that, you know, when you're facing a person who was related to the person who had wronged what I said, his family. And, um, you know, he talked to me a little bit about reconciliation, racial reconciliation. That's what he was all about. That was what he was all about and what his um, mission in life was all about. Um, uniting people across racial, denominational, and cultural backgrounds. And so that changed me, you know, made me take a deeper look at myself and who I was confessing to be. Was I truly representing the God that I said I serve? Uh, did I have really have love in my heart for everybody like I said I did? And, you know, after that self-examination, I began to, you know, reconcile within myself first and then, you know, uh, with others, and you know, and I asked God to forgive me for the wrongs that I had in my heart, knowing that you know I wasn't truly representing Him as I thought I was. Did you feel so, a lot freer? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it freed me a lot. Um, I found myself communicating more so with different people, you know, in my hometown, as well as those in the community that I was serving in, uh, and so 
you know, it was, uh, you know, a reckoning of the soul, <laughs> I guess I would say, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we say that we are Christians and uh, we read the Bible and do all of that. And we say we live in by the Bible, but when we take a true examination of ourselves, we see that in many instances, we find ourselves coming up short. And that's what I did. Well, John Perkins, uh, for those who don't know about him, they need to read about him. He just turned 90. And what a story. I had the pleasure to work with him on, on some projects when I lived in Jackson. And uh, he is, it's just amazing to watch audiences say, wow, if mm -hmm. this man can forgive, I can forgive, right? Doesn't matter what color right. you are. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I found, you know, in record with him, you know, he can say some things you know, to, I say, white people, <laughs> that they accept it. And, and if I look at myself and, you know, try to do that, I don't think they would accept <laughs> Well, working there and after working uh, as a religion reporter on that beat, what misconceptions about racial reconciliation were smashed or changed for you? For me? Um, I guess my whole idea of what it really was, um, you know, like I said before, uh, we can talk uh, forgiveness. And you know, what I thought, you know, forgiveness when I can sit down with somebody, you know, and just talk to them and everything, but not realizing that it, you have to uh, deal with yourself from within and then go from there. Um, just sitting down and talking to people like you, you and I are talking now, just talking to them doesn't mean that you are truly reconciled. You, you truly have forgiveness in your heart. Just mean that you can communicate with people, you know, uh, regardless of race or whatever. But um, when it comes to uh, reconciliation, I found out it is deeper than just communicating and sitting at the table with folks. You have to have a... a you know, have to have forgiveness within your heart. It's something that has to come within. Now, you know, and it's not just from the outward appearance. It's something that, you know, you have to feel within your heart that you've actually done that. Is one of the problems uh, that black and white folks are too polite and they don't really talk about the issues? I believe that's true. Yeah, uh, because when you begin to talk about the issues, especially when it comes uh, to race, you know, you have a lot of silence in the room. Uh, people want to change the subject, um, and they think it's too political, I put it that way. But, you know, um, that's that's a part of the conversation if you are really a Christian. I believe you should have that, uh, be able to talk to people about, you know, uh, race issues, uh, things that impact you. Uh, you know, we're sisters and brothers, you know, regardless, and, you know, we should be able to talk to each other like, as such, as sisters and brothers. Uh, what affects me should affect you if you consider yourself a Christian as I do. I, that's the way I feel about it. Speaking to Charlotte Graham, a, a journalist and uh, one who has a lot of experience uh, on the religion beat and also the journalist beat and uh, a lifelong Mississippian living as a Christian in, in a difficult state at, at times. Do you agree, uh, Charlotte, that the Christian worldview is the only one that can solve the racial division? Hmm. Personally, I do. <laughs> uh, because, um, like I say, uh, you know, people do a lot of talk. You know, we can politicize it. 
Uh, we can do all kinds of things, you know, uh, you know, write books about it. But I think, you know, you have to have that uh, personal encounter with the Lord, you know, uh, because that's what is taken, uh, you know, for me to come to a point where I can say that I'm uh, truly a person who loves uh, individuals regardless of race, creed, color, you know, whatever. Um, and that's something that only God can give to you. I believe that's my personal opinion. Other people may think otherwise, but uh, in my life experience, I found that he's the only one that can do it. And, you know, we got to come to our senses and realize that, you know, he's in control of everything, even our lives. And if we don't put it in his hands and let him do the work within us, I think, you know, we're just, um, just talking to talk and not walking the walk. Well, it's that combination, right, of forgiveness um, and uh, the fact that there is reconciliation and I'm willing to, to lay myself out. I mean, that is a, a little unique, isn't it? In, in it is. It is. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, uh, you were a religion editor uh, for the Clarion Ledger for 14 years. What stood out to you the most? Because you were covering all sorts of faiths, all sorts of uh, different issues. What really stood out in that time? Um, as I look at it, you know, one thing I found out that there's only one race, <laughs> and that's the human race. Um, and, but what stood out me most, you know, I, I found out that we have a lot of similarities, uh, you know, uh, in religion. Uh, the people who worship other gods, you know, they, uh, you know, do so and they do it wholeheartedly. Christians, you know, I, I believe, you know, do that, you know, wholeheartedly from their heart. But when you come to uh, look at the particular issues, um, there's at the center of it all is the love of, of mankind. Um, and that's something, you know, I, I, I thought was, I found to be the case in most of the religions that I uh, covered, well, really all of the religions that I covered. Um, but you know what? Um, when I was covering religion, I found it hard for people in the uh, Christian church to accept me as a religion editor, more so than all the others. You know, uh, they wouldn't talk to me. You know, some people wouldn't talk to me about certain issues because, uh, you know, that I was the black woman, uh, you know, covering religion. And, you know, certain things they didn't want me to know, and certain things that they, uh, you know, try to, you know, talk around or walk around. But, um, you know, that, that, that was one of the things that I found interesting to me. And then a lot of the things that I thought um, that would happen didn't happen. And so uh, I found myself in a lot of uh, interesting predicaments at cases. But through it all, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I had the experience because, I'm, because I got to learn a lot about the different denominations, different cultures, and different people. Uh, and so I enjoyed that time as a religion editor. One of the things that you covered during that time uh, as a journalist was the issue of the Mississippi state flag uh, with the uh, uh, Confederate uh, symbol there. It is now the last state uh, to take that off the flag. Mm -hmm. It was a battle that went on for decades. What made the difference this time from your perspective? 
Hmm, I, I believe it's the atmosphere that we're in at this particular time. There's a lot that's happened. And I believe, you know, I don't know, you know, it's, it just seems like the time is, time is right uh, because of all the tension. And we see, I've never experienced a coming together of people as much as I have these past, I'm trying not to cry, <laughs> these past uh, through uh, months and everything. But you no, know, um, when I was growing up in Laurel, you know, Laurel, Mississippi, Jones County, Sam Bowers was a, a big name at that time when I was growing up, and the Klan was very, very uh, prevalent at that time. And so, you know, when I see the coming together of people, you know, and I really admire the young people, most of all, you know, and that made me think a lot about, you know, during the civil rights era, uh, you know, the young people played a, a major role in, in, in that movement as well. But, but what's different now for me, you know, to see everything that's happening is that seems like the atmosphere, like I said, uh, there's a more coming together of people of different races and nationality, like I've never seen before in my lifetime. And, you know, it makes you feel good about it all. And, you know, <laughs> during this uh, pandemic time, I think it give, gives us a lot of time to uh, think about a lot of issues, a lot of things that when we're locked away from, uh, you know, in our little comfort zones away from everybody else. We don't, you know, for me, I don't hear all of these different voices, you know, whispering in my ear, telling me different things about this, that, and the other. And I can spend quality time with the Lord and meditation and everything. And I'm not saying that's what's happening, but it seems like something is going on to get people more focused on the reality of what it's really all about, you know, to, uh, love mankind, to love one another, and to share the pain and suffering of others, and really mean it from your heart. And uh, and so I'm I'm happy about that. You know, uh, that's what uh, I I can say. That's one of the good things that I find that has has come out of this uh, out of this situation that we find ourselves in the pandemic, and you know, just racial tension and everything. You know, it's uh, bringing out. Uh, most of all, the best in people um, that I see in my era. What do you feel the post-COVID church should do differently to better fulfill its Christian mandate to make disciples as we look as this uh, pandemic rolls on? Uh, the post-Christian post you know, when I look at it, I, I, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of times, especially in my uh, community, um, people were more, uh, had everything centered around the church building itself. And I think this is a, a prime, uh, the post-COVID church is a time for outreach more so, uh, you know, to be out in a community doing different things. Um, you know, everything doesn't have to occur within the four walls of the church. Ministry is not just limited to the four walls, and it's not just limited to Sundays or Wednesday night services and things of that nature. But we have a lot of work to do because, um, you know, people are hungry. You know, we find it, I don't know if you've seen it, but people seem to be more hungry for the things of God, not so uh, than uh, so much so than they were, let's say, a few months ago. 
uh, and that's in my neighborhood. I don't know about you know what's going on across the country, but um, and we have to be there for people. Um, you know, some of them feel um, have always felt uncomfortable coming into those four walls, and so we have to be the um, uh, people who are willing to take the gospel wherever uh, it needs to go. And, you know, a lot of times that means out in community. And a lot of things we have to change, you know, within our church. You know, that's something I don't know how we're going to deal with, especially uh, within the Black church. Uh, I'm a member of the Church of God in Christ. And I don't know if you know about us. We've been hit hard uh, by COVID, uh, um, the coronavirus, COVID-19. Try not to cry again. We've lost a lot of leaders um, within our denomination. And one of them uh, in Mississippi, uh, Bishop Scott, T.T. Scott in Northern Mississippi, was one of the staunch members of the Church of God in Christ and a, a leader. He lost his life to uh, this um, dreadful disease. And so we have a lot of things to rethink because we are a loving church. A lot of times, you know, when we go to services, we're hugging on and loving on one another. And I don't see that happening. There are a lot of people uh, uh, are fearful of those type things now. So we got to find a way to, you know, keep the church going and moving and, and not be afraid to, um, you know, do some of the things we're accustomed to. But, you know, in all things, though, we have to be cautious uh, because uh, God give us common sense, you know, we have to d uh, deal with the spiritual and the natural. And so when I look at um, the post-COVID church, we got to do a lot of rethinking of how we do church, <laughs> really. Uh, and, uh, and that's something, uh, you know, I, I think the leadership of the church has to uh, think a lot about and those who work in, in different uh, leadership roles and, you know, in the ministry of my church in particular, we have a lot to, we have to think about and uh, see what would best serve the community. Just keeping our faith strong and trusting in God and all of this, but we do have to think about the safety because we don't know what's, uh, what the future holds for us. You know, we don't even know how long this uh, pandemic will last. And so, uh, you know, we have to have a well thought up plan and try to do things safely. And as the scripture teaches, to do things decently <laughs> and in order. But the need will be even greater, won't it, uh, out oh. there. And so uh, that will take a leadership change, too. That's what we're, we're looking to say, right? Right, right. You know, so many ways. People are hurting. Uh, you know, we have a lot of people in Jones County who lost loved ones, and you know, and then you know the idea that you can't really uh, have funerals the way you know you're accustomed to having, and um, you're not able to really associate with people like you're accustomed to doing so. And so we got to find ways to reach these people and and, live, and show the love of God, uh, you know, because they're they're in need. And then you know um, those we don't know how many will be impacted, you know, after all of this over how long they will need assistance, like with you know food items, things of that nature. Just 
you know, we just have to you know it's more than uh, my pastor just says more than a shout and a dance. <laughs> you know, when it comes to religion, you got to be there for the meet the needs of people, uh, spiritual needs, physical needs, mental needs. It's it's a, a a complete package, and we as a church, you know, we've fallen short in so many of those, but we, we got to be there to reach out to people because this is a trying time for us all, but most of we got to be the church that Christ is calling for, as I often say, in these last and evil days. Well, thank you, Charlotte Graham, for being with us, an award-winning journalist who has a wonderful perspective on uh, what's going on and what needs to go on. Thank you for being a part. Well, thank you, Stuart. I hope I said something that'd be encouraging and help somebody. But, um, you know, but we got a long road, you know, and we as Christians, you know, we got to be there, you know, to help us get out of this situation. And we got well, we know how the story there. ends, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I'm still for that. <laughs> thank you, Charlotte. Yes, Charlotte Graham has been our... Uh, guest today on the Post-COVID Church Podcast, and thank you for being a part of it. Our mission to help the church plan and serve the post-pandemic world. I appreciate you listening. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Post-COVID Church Podcast. For more, go to the Post-COVID Church group on Facebook.